Christmas ain't got a lot to say On all the things we go through within the day Politics, dating, recipes, traveling And yep, of course, I'm the karaoke queen Hip-hop. I take no L's, I'm always booking flights This is my lovely lunatic Leo life Kaboom, guess who stepped in the room This is my lovely lunatic Leo life Kaboom, guess who stepped in the room This is my Welcome everybody to my lovely Lunatic Leo Life podcast. It's the one and only Miss A and this is season three, episode two. And I hope you guys enjoy season two. This is going to be a brand new season. I have a whole bunch of special, special guests, especially one today for my second episode, Mrs. Brenda Hargroves. Welcome so much and thank you for coming on. Of course. And this is special because this is her first time being interviewed on a podcast or a radio show. So I am... What do you? I don't know what I am, but I'm <laughs> the first person whose show you've been on. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, I do too. <laughs> All right. So um, she, okay, Miss Brenda Hargroves. She's an entrepreneur. She's a blogger, and she's an author. Um, she's the author of the Heart and Soul of Entrepreneurship. Correct. Right. And I saw you said something that you're an edupreneur. What exactly is an edupreneur? Well, I kind of look at myself as. I am an entrepreneur, but I, I find myself, I have this teaching mode about me, so that's how the edgy uh, came in. Okay. So an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur that kind of teaches and shows people. I'm very, I've done a lot of things and I really try to, you know, especially with younger people, I try to guide them in the direction of doing some things that are really getting them in the right direction of doing some things. As far as financially or? Financially or starting a business. I've done a lot of things in my life. I've done, I've been uh, an executive director for nonprofit, so I've got a lot of nonprofit experience. I had uh, two small businesses. Wow. And, um... The, pers- the finance part was mostly from my personal experience, but then I also did uh, some grant proposal writing for a while, and uh, the group, the organization that I wrote a grant for, we got a grant for someone to do a fi- financial literacy course oh. for uh, families, struggling families. And um, I had never done that before, but I spent the summer putting the curriculum together and ended up teaching this class for seven years. Wow. So I got a lot of good information and was able to pass on a lot of information to. Now, did you ever see yourself getting to this point? What is it that you wanted to do back in the day? Like, where did you think you would be teaching financial literacy and helping people get their lives together? No, I never <laughs> thought that that was what I would be. But I've done, I am my father's child. My father probably had every kind of job there is. Mm. And he retired. And then when he retired, he'd go to another job. And his application would say, well, how long were you here? I was here five years. Why did you leave? I retired. Then he goes to another job. <laughs> seven years. Why did you leave? I retired. Wait, so, when you say retire, you mean quit? or re- No, well... Yeah, kind of stopped because <laughs> you were going to not be working anymore, but you ended, that was this, working at, to this point was not my intention. Mm. I, because I planned my life to be able to retire at a relatively young age, but I just never did it. I just right. kept, kept ending up doing a lot of other different things. So I've taught, I, like I said, I was an executive director for, now I started a nonprofit and um, ran that for a while in New Jersey. Okay. And then I moved to Florida and I saw the need there, so we started it in Florida. And um, I did that. I, like I said, I, had, I started out, my first business was a, um, 
my husband used to call me a garbage picker. <laughs> I, I did refurnishing furniture. And so, and then I had a, a friend of mine who did a lot of weaving and caning. So he taught me how to do that. Oh, wow. I incorporated that in some of the things that I did. I only did that for about three years because then I realized that you really should not, um, you really shouldn't be around those fumes for so long. So okay. I didn't, I stopped doing that for a while. But I've had a lot of jobs. I've done a lot of different things. Wow, so. a jack of all trades. <laughs> a Jill, yeah. I was trying to think. I was going to say jackets or a Jill of a all trades. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And then, so what led you to um, want to help people financially? Like, well, the- I the that came through the grant proposal. Okay. And then, um, so I developed developed this curriculum, and then. The thing I really liked about it was it was really basically working with a lot of young mothers or mothers to be, and it was that to, that's a time when you really need to be able to learn how to manage your finances. Yeah. So, and I found that very very rewarding. So I, I enjoyed doing that. I did it part time. It was a part time position, and that was perfect for me because. I don't really consider myself retired. I consider myself semi-retired. So I want to do something. So I did that for about seven years. And then after uh, that period of time, the funder for the nonprofit decided that they wanted the position to be full-time. Okay. And I didn't want to work full-time. So (laughs) I had to let that one go and move on to something else. And then that was around when the pandemic started. And I had started writing a book about 20 years ago, I guess it was. And I pick it up and put it down, pick it up. So when the pandemic came, I picked it up and I finished it. Wow. So I decided that I was going to be the, have the next bestseller. <laughs> I didn't know anything about the process, which I've learned now, which is very, it's a very difficult process. You have to find an agent. There's a, you have to learn how to do a query letter. You have to do a synopsis. You have to, there's just a lot of things that you have to do before you can get a book published. Mm-hmm. So that was like going back to school for me. So I ended up joining a writing group and just kind of learning the process, and I'm still learning. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing now. And they also have, they teach you that you're supposed to be writing more than one thing, so I kind of started another book. Then I decided I wanted to do the blog, so I started the <laughs> blog. And the blog is just a mishmash of stuff. It's, I talk about your finances, I do some entrepreneurship stuff, I do nonprofit, and then I have my favorite, which is going off track when I talk about anything. <laughs> <laughs> Any and everything. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned the pandemic, because the pandemic is what actually got me starting to edit videos. A lot of people picked up a lot of stuff during the pandemic and I used to always, I, I love to travel, so I used to always do it on my Instagram stories. It just post, not even do anything, I just post the picture. I don't edit nothing. And then people are like, you know, I love watching your stories. I'm like, you know, it would be nice to start doing actual vlogs and like I've seen on YouTube because I was watching people before I go to that country, I will watch people. Mm-hmm. So then I just started, I bought a software when I first looked at it it looked like gibberish. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah. <laughs> but I just kept playing with it. And it, now, two years later, I'm really good at it. And that's without even going to YouTube classes yet. But I, I know if I do start going to classes, I would be so much more better at it. Yeah. Um, and then efficient. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just love that people picked up a lot of things and they even quit their job because of what they picked up from what they learned. So mm-hmm. you picked that up. You started writing a book. and Well, more than yeah. one. <laughs> writing a lot, writing I'll say. And doing the blog and I think my focus I really like working with younger people and now I'm really I've decided that I really want to concentrate on millennials. 
Okay. So I'm trying to, the things that I'm trying to put out there are really for their benefit. And I have, I don't have any children, but I have three young ladies in my life. They're all millennials. And oh. they are, they, they're what keep me going. They're they your children. <laughs> now, millennials, is that, am I a millennial? I'm 40. You're just there. I'm, <laughs> all right. So does that mean I'm not included? Because I need your help, no, please. you are included. You are definitely okay. included. <laughs> I definitely need your As help. As a matter of fact, my godchild is 40 and uh, she's a millennial. Okay. I don't know when the millennial starts. I like Y2K. I didn't era. either, but then I, it just seemed that that age group seems to be. I never really liked babies. I've always. <laughs> they have to get a little older for me, for me too. I really. I have three godchildren, oh. and I really started to appreciate all of them as they got to be teenagers and older. That's you when, that's when you like them most when they were when they were a bit uh, older. Yeah. Now, back to your book writing. I'm interested in that because I'm also, well, I, I put it down. But when you said 20 years, that, that shocked me because I was getting on myself for writing, starting this book about maybe five years ago. And I'm like on the first chapter. How many people take a long time to write a book? I could have sworn this year, in the beginning of this year, I was going to finish this book. I, I, I had a whole plan. New Year's Eve, I was going to just get my mind right and write my book, because I already, I think I did three chapters already in that book. And it's uh, actually, it's going to be a three book memoir about my life, like the last 10 years of my life. Mm -hmm. So um, I was like, I was pumped. It was New Year's Eve. I ended up doing New Year's Eve things and <laughs> and I didn't finish. And then as the months came along, I was like, okay, I'm going to do a uh, uh, thousand words a day or something like that. And then I even got a writing accountability partner. We'd meet up once a week. We'd talk and it just started to dwindle down until I'm like, you know what? Let me just work on my podcast. So I put the book back down again, but I'm going to pick it back up again. Like I'm motivated to do so. Well, I think you can only write when you are motivated. Yeah. Cause... And this book that I started, actually the first book that I wrote, I self-published it. It was on uh, the one on entrepreneurship. And what it was is a series of, I just interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs and, you know, and asked them all the same questions. And then I kind of put all their answers together and combined it to things that, you know, I wanted to add to that. I don't want to self-publish my next book. I want it to be <laughs> traditionally published by a publisher, which means you've got to go through the process, the whole, and it is a process. I've heard. I've heard. This it lady took four process. years. Yeah. I was going to ask you and about self-publishing. It can even because the thing that I've learned is in the process is that you never stop editing. You just edit every time. You just go over it. I've been this book that I wrote. I finished writing it about two years ago. I'm still editing it. Oh my gosh. Still, and, and then you have other people read it and they give you, you know, suggestions and things that, you know, you don't, you don't, you really don't, because I'm not an author. You right. know, I just kind of fell into this. Right. So it's just, it's been an interesting experience. And the thing that I, my thing is, I just want to tell the story. Mm -hmm. But what the thing about writing that they try to push on you is that you have to have a lot of, you have to have conflict and you have to have all these, and I'm like, to keep people interested, not, you know, right. And this is, I just want to tell this story. <laughs> That's what I want to do. So I've been, I've been trying to figure out way. And, and this thing about what I'm writing now is that it's basically based on something that happened to me. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, the conflict part, I can tell you the story, but you know, I don't, the conflict was like, okay, I have to beef this Embellish up. Embellish it. <laughs> I embellished quite a few things yeah. too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, right? You got to do what you got to do. Sure, I'm gonna do it too. But out of that came another, uh, another. Actually, I wrote a short story, and it was 
picked up as, as a finalist for a contest, and what you won as a finalist was uh, a 12-week a period where you met with other authors and talked about things that you write. And, and the idea of the, uh, the contest was that you were supposed to write a chapter that was going to be the beginning of the book. I didn't do that. That wasn't my, I wrote the story just because I wrote it. And then I said, oh, I'll just enter this and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And then by doing that and coming in as a finalist, then wow. I was able to participate in this class. And out of that came an idea for another story that mm -hmm. I'm trying to write now. But you, and you get distracted. You know, you start doing things and then you start something else. Mm -hmm. And then it's a, so I'm, I started that other book and then I decided, well, I really want to work on my podcast. So I've been working on that, you know, on the blog. And so it's just, it's really a bit overwhelming, to yeah. be honest because it's like, I, how did I get into this? It was not my intention to do all of this, but it's just working out that way. And then I have people pushing me, so. That's good. <laughs> Sometimes you need a little push, an aggressive push from somebody we know. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I know how she is. <laughs> mm, no offense, I still love you, girl. <laughs> um, now, it seems like you do so much work and you're always busy. Do you ever take time to relax or go on vacation? Do you take yeah, I'm really on vacation now because I live in Florida. Oh, okay. Oh, that's so I right. I come to New Jersey. I, I'm, a, I'm a New Jersey girl. I call myself a New Jersey girl in the Florida world. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, come, I try to come to New Jersey every year. And I, my plan was to semi-retire and travel. And that was like when the pandemic came along. Mm. And so like, you ended up, everybody ended up stuck. At home, but this year I've been to Atlanta. I went to Chicago. Okay. I, I've been here and New Jersey. I and I think I'm going to go to Mississippi. I have family in Mississippi for Thanksgiving. I haven't really oh, decided. That's nice. Next year I want to extend it and do some international. Travel. Yes. Have you ever traveled internationally? No. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! I like Let's to the, start. I went to the Caribbean. You know the yeah. islands. Yeah. I mean that's still never, something. Yeah. Well, I've done that. <laughs> I'm such an advocate for people to travel outside of the country. Mm -hmm. That's why I asked you about traveling. I love to travel. Even when 2020 came, the pandemic, I went to Jamaica, Ghana, and Puerto Rico. Because everything was cheap. And we was getting the Biden money. We was getting unemployment. So I was like, first class, baby. Let me, <laughs> let me go first class to this place. Let me go. But I think it's very important. You know, especially with people who work so much and they do a lot. They right. do need time for mental a mental right. break, you know what I mean? Or else you will break yourself. Um, I want to get back to financial literacy because okay. I need you to help me, okay? <laughs> I had another young lady, Caressa. She's amazing. She was, I, I think, episode seven of my season two, and she talked about some financial literacy too, but um, it was mainly like credit, getting out of credit card debt, and mm -hmm. she also helped helping people like with buying houses and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So I think that's pretty amazing, but it seems like it takes a lot of patience and work yeah, it does. But my thing I think about with managing your finances is to make it a game, you know, to just challenge yourself to make it a game. And the biggest part, I think the, the biggest part of your financial literacy is learning how to save. That for me is just, the, that's the crux of everything. You have to get yourself disciplined enough. And say, I don't know, for some reason, I've always been a saver. I don't know whether it came from my parents or what happened. But I remember being younger. Like, there's a man that goes around now, and he's so famous for, for this uh, talking about his envelope system that he set up. I was doing that when I was a 
child. Wow. You know, you have envelope. I used to have envelope for my mother's birthday and my father's birthday. Oh, and wow. Put the dollar in there. Because, yeah, this is years ago. You're responsible. You have a little bit of money. Yeah, at, at, but it's discipline. But I think it's because you just... I watched my father go through the different things. He, he did thing, the kind of jobs that he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, I always want to do what I want to do. And so, and I think in order to be able to do that, you, you have to save. Yeah. You have to have yeah. some kind of a... So that's my thing. My biggest thing in financial literacy is saving and staying out of debt. Mm. Yeah. I always feel like I need a large lump of sum in order to save. And... Nope. I, I've tried to put $100 a check away. Then I keep dipping into the $100. You know what I'm saying? Like, why? And it's, it's me being greedy. It's food. It's clothing. Ah, it's, it's dumb stuff. You know what I mean? I'm, well, on vacations too, I'll say. At least I'm not into materialistic and name mm-hmm. brands and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I'm proud of myself when it yeah. comes to that. But I'm still spending too much money. And I feel like now I'm 40 and I don't want to be in the same boat I've been in the last 20 years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to feel like a grown-up now. Mm-hmm. And my father, it's crazy because he used to work at Black Enterprise magazine for I think it was almost 20 years he was working there Mm -hmm. so they used to have a entrepreneur conference in Florida Mm -hmm. and me and my brother used to go and go to the kidpreneur conferences Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you would think that for the years that I was going there every year that I would be better I'd have my own business I'd be saving no I would complain about the cold I was there for the food (laughs) (laughs) going for Florida you know what I mean it's like I learned stuff but I didn't really apply anything that I've learned and I kind of regret it now but you know, it's never too late. People are starting to get, you know, their things in order. And I just want to know, student loans is one of them. Yeah, That's loans, the major one. I was very fortunate. I was fortunate in the two things. First of all, I didn't have a student loan. I was fortunate enough to, I got a scholarship and mm. I got, my entire education was paid for in full. Wow. Books and everything. That's good. So I really didn't have a problem. And then when I went to graduate school, I went at night and it was, so, it was at a time period where I was able to pay for it as I went along. So I, when I graduated, I had paid it off. You can't do that now. So it's a different it's world. Hard, yeah. It really is. <laughs> so those were two things that you know, were very fortunate in my case. And I guess the other thing was that I never had children of my own. So if they're going to be, if, if you're going to have a family, then your whole plan is going to be completely different. That's true. So. Oh, I... You're right. And I do want a family. I'm like, I've always wanted a family. I've always wanted kids. But now that I'm 40 and I'm like starting to feel like I'm about to start living my best life. I don't know. And then, like you said, with the financial part, like I'm just about to get my financial life together. Now I'm going to mess it up and have not. No offense. I don't mean it. I should have said it that way. Well, I, I don't read it that way, but children are a financial responsibility. A huge financial and that's responsibility. That's why I had to try to tailor my class when I, because everyone that I was teaching, they were all mothers or young mothers or mothers to be, and I had to realize that I was dealing with a different audience than the type of person that I, than, than my situation. Mm-hmm. So I had to tailor it. So my main thing in terms of managing your finances, and I always say this all the time, is do what you can with what you have where you are. Mm. So if you can, I talk to, if you say five, if you say five dollars a week for a long period of time and then you put it in something where, you know, once you get more, you do a more sophisticated type of site saving where you're getting a higher interest rate 
and you just continuously do something like that, you can save a lot of money that way. Right. We don't but you have to be consistent. Consistency true. is part. You can't keep dipping into it. You have to <laughs> For be consistent. Food. Yes. <laughs> yes. So in your case, you need to put it someplace where you, you need to start with a sum that's large enough that you can put it somewhere where you can't get to it readily. Like, or, or that you will be penalized, like a CD or something like that, where they're going to take your interest if you, um, if you take it out too early and you don't want to, you really want to try not to do that. But with, with those kind of accounts, you need to put in a large amount of money, right? It depends. Right? I think now they're starting some of them like $500, okay. $1,000. So you can, you can find some, some, some resources that, you know, it's not, if it's not readily available, mm -hmm. but the other part of it is if you, you, if you work for a place where they take it, see, if you're have to do it yourself it's a little bit different like if you work for a company where they take it out before you see it yeah then that's, that's that helps, even, that helps. <laughs> but if, if if not then you have to develop the discipline to just do it yourself that's what i need discipline my discipline i don't have any <laughs> discipline in a almost anything in life I, it's bad i'm always like i just go on impulse you know what i mean i don't it's not a good thing sometimes but sometimes it's okay sometimes, yeah, sure. <laughs> because you probably have a lot of Good experiences. Yeah, you know, that's true. I do. Unexpected experiences. And what is my friend used to always say the tragic, hilarious, tragic stories of moments in my life. I've always had the ran most random things happen, but it's funny, not at the time it happens, but later on. Later on. on. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, do you remember that time? I can't believe that happened. Uh -huh. Like, stuff like that always happens to me. Um, now, also with the financial literacy that you. Um, that you educate to other people. Do you also include like stocks and bonds and I you know, it's interesting because I thought about that. I have never I've tried investing. Mm. It's not that's not my thing. <laughs> it's just not my thing. I am right now what I've done, the only investing I'm doing is I have this godchild now and so I've decided that as uh, these major stocks split I'm just going to just buy like one share for her because she'll but she, for 18 years, you know, you really can, so, you know, you can accumulate quite a bit of money that yeah. way. So I'm just picking as these stocks split, like Tesla's getting ready to split on Thursday. So I'm going to probably buy a share of that for her. I bought okay. her a share of Google, a share wow. of Facebook, a fair, you know, as they, you know, because you, I can't, you can't afford them. I can't afford them otherwise. Mm -hmm. So, but when they do the stock, stock splits, you can just buy one share, two shares. You can do that now. And then you can start that way. I never was interested in stock because you really have to pay attention to that. Yeah. And, I, and unless you really want it, I tried options for a while. I really didn't, I just wasn't interested so I have to do the more traditional ways of saving mm -hmm. and, and just make that work for me. My dad was always into stocks. So I just recently, I gave him uh, like $1,000 a few months ago. I want to say like six or seven months. And he put in E-Trade and mm -hmm. he did, I don't know. I, I don't, like I said, I don't know anything. I don't mm -hmm. even know what the company was that he put, that he did it with. But I keep checking it and it's like fluctuates. It hasn't gone over two thousand. It hasn't doubled or anything. It's just there, and I, I try to take well, my money back. Well, it depends on the time. No. It depends <laughs> on the time. Yes, it's a long. See, that's the thing. It's a long. Investing is a long-term investment. It mm. really, in order for it to be successful, and when things get bad and things get rough, you can't take your money out. You got You have to stick it out. And that's what actually happened to me when I really had a financial advisor years ago when they had the first crash mm -hmm. and 
she was telling me, you know, you have to have the guts to stick. I'm like, I, I can't do this. Just give me my money back. Right. You know, I'm not. So investing <laughs> is not. It's interesting, even though I'm very much into managing your finances. I don't do a lot with investment. I think, and I also think that investing is a personal thing. I think you really need to teach yourself and become and invest in things that you're interested in. Yeah. And so I just that has never been a road that I've taken. And made any and really made any money with so mm -hmm. yeah investing is not my cup of tea either and even when I did try to get that thousand dollars back they were only trying to give me like 40 or 60 dollars I'm like what the hell <laughs> is this I'm like that do something wrong I was like all right let me just leave I don't even check it any well I check it like once a week or something but you should don't even check it now I wouldn't check it at all because I know. The, the economy is so messed up <laughs> it it's is like, it so discouraged yeah I, I get angry every time mm -hmm. I see it, like and that's why I keep thinking about my God, child, because this is long range, you know, it'll, it'll be fine or it'll be better by the time, you know, she's a, she's interested in, mm -hmm. you know, taking advantage of it. So, so what kind of advice do you have for people who want to get their finances Finance, in order? Yeah. yeah. Budget. You, you really need to sit down and figure out what your expenses are, what your income is. Mm -hmm. And, and make it, and if you're in, you have to make your expenses match your income. Right. Because you can't, other than that, you're going to end up, you know, in the hole. So you really have to figure out a way. But I always say with budgeting that you need to also add something fun or something for yourself. Yeah. Because otherwise it gets, it can get to be, and that's what I mean about making it a game. Okay. I always talk about wants and needs. You talk about what you need and what you want. You should always have at least one want in there and right. then as you progress you add more wants and dreams and you know other things that you want to add to it but the thing about the major thing which I even learned when I when I started teaching the financial literacy course is as one of your expenses you have to have saving as an expense mm. you have to treat it as an expense and from my from my from my perspective you do that first. You save first before you do anything else. Okay. And then, you know, you take care of the rest of it later. But if you take care of yourself first, pay yourself first. That makes sense. And then take care of the rest of it later. You know, I've, I'm ashamed to say this, but I've opened up savings accounts multiple times and ask me how many times I've let it money just sit. I keep going into, I think I've closed all my savings accounts now. <laughs> It's a shame. Like, I really have no discipline. That's my problem. So I've really, I just got to, because I always just want to have fun. I always just want to do things. So I just got to stop my bad habits. That's the alcohol is, it does cost money. And I'm, I'll, I drink a lot. So, but I'm working on it. I'm really working on it. So I feel like once I stop most of my bad habits, that'll save me. And even. Well, the thing is, see, now you're saying like you're really trying to stop all of your bad habits. I think you need to cut them back. Start yeah, slowly. Start slow. And then, you know, you'll find that you'll, it'll be easier to move on. Don't try to cut everything out at once because then you're depriving yourself. That's, you're and right. you don't want to deprive yourself. You want to have, that's why I said, like making it a game. Yeah. You just, you want to make it fun. You want to make it so that when you reach those milestones, you really can be proud of yourself. Yeah. You, you know, you've done that. But don't cut everything out. That's, That's true. It's just not going to work. And then it doesn't work because you're like, you know what? I can't just go cold turkey. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I got to do it in, in uh, increments, I guess you could say. So what I think you can do is just pick an amount. Pick an amount that's reasonable. Okay. That, you know, they, they say make those goals that you have to stretch for them, but they're not unreasonable. Right. You can't. And then 
try to develop the discipline to just you know move forward and keep doing because anything about the thing about money and compounding is you put it in and it makes money for you mm -hmm. that's that's what you want you want to get your money to the point where it's making money for you yeah that's what so, i want mm -hmm. yep that would be nice <laughs> that would be very nice because e-trade ain't doing nothing for me right now so um also so we talked about financial literacy now being an entrepreneur how was that for you at it did you start young or did you start later in um, life fell into entrepreneurship because uh, the first, um, uh, my first job, I started, the first um, business that I started, I was working for a, um, uh, an employment, a, a temp agency, temporary mm -hmm. and permanent, they did temporary and permanent placement and I, the manager of the company told, had, was starting a new branch and he told the woman and I that were working with him that if we built up the business, he would give us part ownership. And we built it up very quickly. He did a really good job. And then he came into the office one day and told us he sold the business. Yes, he sold the business. He said, but I took care of you because they're going to let you work for them. And I was like, oh, no, I don't think what? so. What? <laughs> so my girlfriend and I, we left him. Our other woman, we left and we started our own business. We started wow. our own placement firm. And we did really well. I think by the third year, we were doing like a million dollars in sales. We really? Were really doing well with wow. it. Wow. Mm -hmm. And um, then a, a year or so later, uh, I met a gentleman who had a larger firm. And he was going out around buying up smaller firms. Mm -hmm. And um, and this is staffing firms you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Okay. We did uh, accounting and finance. Basically. Okay. And that was good for me because I had an MBA in accounting, so I was able to talk the language mm -hmm. with you know, the people that we were working with, so that really worked out well. And so we decided uh, to sell the business. And then once we did that, then I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? And, and I don't even remember what I did after that. <laughs> but uh, later on, uh, my stepmother passed away, and then her sister um, passed away. The other reverse. Um, then her, no, her sister passed away, and then my stepmother passed away seven weeks to the hour to the day from her sister. What? When her so, and they had all this furniture, and I I took a refinishing furniture. It came. I love wood, and it just came out so beautiful. I said, let me see what I can. So I started going around collecting stuff, going to garage sales and buying things, and so I opened a gallery. And I would do refinishing furniture, and uh, I, then I learned the caning and weaving. Wow. And so I did that, like I said, for about three years. And so those were the, the two businesses that I had. But I also, um, after my husband died, I started a nonprofit. And I really feel like nonprofit is like a business, too. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. felt like... You know, I was running a business, so that was felt like entrepreneurial in a sense too. Yeah. So I just kind of fell into some of the things that I do, but I have to have an interest. If you don't, yeah, you know, if you're not interested, it's, it's not going like, to work. It doesn't pique your interest. It doesn't work. Yeah, right? you're going to hate it. Like going the investing to just never piqued my interest, so <laughs> I just didn't do well with it. It seems like the universe loves you. I mean, based off of what you're telling me in your story, I know it's not this easy, but it seems like everything fell into place for you in your life. You know, and I. That's one of the reasons why I started the nonprofit because I've always felt like 
I've been able to do the things that I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And I really thought that was something that was a gift. Yeah. And it's something that that's why I always felt like I needed to give back in some way. That's beautiful. So a lot of the things that I've attempted to do, they've just worked out. Yeah. So that's really good. And even starting with the whole education thing, I got the scholarship because I have a disability. And because of that disability, I was able to get a full scholarship for school. And wow. my, I know people that are still my age that are still paying for their education. That's crazy. So that's crazy. It's been I, I, I think I've been very fortunate. So would you say that you've found your purpose in life? Like you've been found your purpose in life? Well, I think I think so. Yeah, I think my purpose is just be is being able to pass on the positive experiences I've had and help. Hopefully, help they'll help. Hope hopefully they will help others yeah. to have you know positive experiences as well. Do you ever keep in touch with some of the mothers that you've worked with in the past? Um, or did I it? didn't really. We'll see. It was a. It was they were clients of the company of the nonprofits because they did worked with uh, distressed families in the okay, community. Okay. Okay. So I don't really. Keep okay. Them. But uh, I actually do have a relationship with <clears throat> some of the, the case managers that were working there. So a lot of times they still refer some people to me. Like I ended up helping this young lady get her finances together. Mm. And so I do a lot. I do a lot of that. So I was asking you because the fact that you were helping these women or teaching them um, the, li the financial literacy, you've changed lives, and you don't even know how you've changed. Or no, you know, it's like mm -hmm. it's like a gift and a curse. To me, I would want to know, but at the same time, it might be too much. Too much to know. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. So it's. Always, I think you just kind of keep moving on. Yeah, just keep moving on and doing the best you can with you know with what you have. So. Yeah. I just, I, I enjoy, I don't, I'm not about telling you what to do, just kind of a little advice, a little, you know, think about this, think about doing it this way, and, mm -hmm. you know. And take what but, you want from it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully you'll take the good from it and, and apply it in life. Not like I did at the Kidpreneur Conference, falling asleep in the cold classes, eating their foods and sandwiches. <laughs> Well, it wasn't your time. It wasn't my, yeah. It wasn't your time. It has to be in your time. And, and I was fortunate in that for some reason, I don't know why saving was important to me. I, I guess it was because of my parents. It must have been. It had to have come from somewhere. It came from somewhere. But um, mm -hmm. it, I, I've always said, and I've always, because of that, been able to do the things that I wanted to do. And that's why I incur I'm trying to encourage people to save because retirement comes Sooner than you think, time goes by so fast, and I always would like to see people be able to be in the position where they can do what they want, mm -hmm. when they want, when they retire. Right. You know, and so my whole focus on the financial literacy is working towards retirement. What do you say to people who, I used, I kind of still think this way, but I used to really think this way, like, you know, you're saving money all your life, and you don't even, you're working hard to save money your whole life. Some people might not even get to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, what if you say... What you have to do is figure out ways to enjoy it as you're going along. You don't, you, you don't deprive yourself. You can't... Because if, you, if you're constantly depriving yourself, then it's frustration. Yeah. So as you're doing it, you... You know, like I decided that I, I really wasn't interested in buying my first new car until I was in my 30s. Mm. So I bought, I bought my first new car and I, was, I financed it for five years because it was 60 months there. And two months after I finished paying for it, this man hit it and totaled the car. 
So, <laughs> oh my God. But that was, you know, I just said, I'll wait until I'm in my 30s. That's when I want to get a car because, mm -hmm. you know, I really want to try to, you know, make sure that I. So I guess, and the other part of it was I married late in life. I was in my 40s when I got married. And I had been taking care of myself for so long yeah. that, you know, you get to a point where you, you that's what you, you understand that you need to, nobody else is doing for you, right. you do for yourself. So. I'm in the same boat, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I'll find get someone to get married soon. But, you know, I'm in the same boat. I've been living my own for the last 10 years, so... I'm used to handling things myself, you know, but hopefully I'll find someone to handle it for me. No, you don't want to handle it for me. Not for me, but you, you know, some things I do, shoot. No, you don't. All right, all right, no, fine. You want, someone to, you want a partner. Yeah, yeah, exactly, you exactly. You do things and grow together. That's right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I think part of that did come from my parents because I think my parents raised, I was only my sister and I, but they raised us to be independent. Mm -hmm. And I think that was very important. That was a very important lesson for me. Yeah. Because I think, I think women should be independent. They should be able to take care of themselves. Yeah. So My parents did the same. So I was glad I was able, you know, it's funny because in my early 20s, I was living with my parents. I was had like little jobs so I couldn't imagine myself having my own apartment mm -hmm. so I was like that would be so weird not weird but I just couldn't imagine it then eventually I started out with um two of my best friends I think I was like 26 27 then I moved in with a boyfriend then I moved back home and then I finally got my own place and I love it that's funny because I remember my father telling me he said you know out of all my friends I'm the only one that my children left home after college and never came back <laughs> <laughs> they, just, they were out on their own. Now, I did go back. I went back for two weeks one time because I was living with my boyfriend and we got into this fight and he got on my nerves. And I told my father, I called my father and asked him to come get me. <laughs> and I stayed home for two weeks and then I just went back. You but I've never gone back home and my sister didn't either. Wow. Matter of fact, my sister graduated from school. She, she moved to Chicago. She oh, just wow. moved out of state, period. <laughs> so it was just. But I think that's the important thing is gaining the feeling of being independent. And it's, it's really important. It is. It's a beautiful thing, too, to be independent because mm -hmm. you don't need to depend on anybody. So that's a good thing. We never mentioned the name of your blog. Uh, it's called Literally Business. Literally Business. It's literallybusiness.blog, and it's based on the whole, you know, the business, entrepreneurship, person, managing your finances, and um, there's some nonprofit stuff in there, and then, like I said, just sometimes I just write about what I feel like writing about. <laughs> so okay, I mean, the it's last yours. thing I wrote was actually in the in the slot for um, it's called Going Off Track, and I talk a lot about change mm -hmm. because us, I I what caused me to think about it was I went to a um, where I live there was a convenience store that had a post office in there and I walked in there a couple of weeks ago and it was closed. And I had when I moved to Florida it was there. And it has been there for like I've been in Florida seventeen years. So you just <laughs> walk into some place that you're used to going and then I started thinking about change and so I just wrote about change, you know, feeling, you know, different attitudes about when things change and why they change and how mm -hmm. you react to it, that kind of thing. So that's it's kinda right about what when I, whatever comes to mind. Well, that's why I started my podcast, too. My first season, let me tell you, my first season was me drinking a little alcohol <laughs> and, like, thinking, like, I want to talk. And then I just 
turn on my, my microphone or my turn on my phone and just start talking. And it was just stuff that I wanted to vent about, not knowing it was actually people responding like, oh, I'm glad you talked about this too. So mm-hmm. even if it's something random, you're still going to help right. somebody out in life, you know, or having yeah, something. Thinking about it. Exactly, exactly. So that's still a good thing. And you have an outlet to go to whenever you mm-hmm. just want to talk about anything. And I can't believe that I've been doing this for two years. I think I've, I'm approaching my 50th article. Wow. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and amazing. I still have so many other things that I want to write about because I jot down notes. Okay, I have to address this next time and <laughs> jot down notes about something else yeah. or I'll hear something. Like I just heard, um, I was watching television with some friends I was visiting and one of the actors said, and I'm going to write something about this. He said, gravity is not what grounds you. It's your family and friends. Mm. And I thought about that, and I because wow, nice. I'm the last person. Everyone in my family is gone. I'm the only person left. I have my really? sister, my father, my uh, everybody. <gasps> I'm everybody sorry to hear. Oh my gosh! But I have long-standing friendships, and that's become my family. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. So I think that's the next thing that I'm going to try to, you know, wow. write something about. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry to hear that. It's a a weird feeling, you know, the the end of the line, you know. Damn. But, again, like you said, you have family here still. Like, I have have friends friends that turn to family. family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, Is there anything that you want to promote? Anything coming up that you're doing or any classes? Do you do virtual classes? Uh, I'm developing a class. I have not done the... I'm developing the first one that I want to do. Okay. Because I was doing it through WordPress, and I don't like the fact that in order to really comment, you need to... They make you sign on to WordPress. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. Mm -hmm. I want people to be able to freely comment. So I figured if I do a website, then and put the blog on there, then they can, com- people can comment freely mm-hmm. and I can get conversations going a little bit easier. That's good. That's good. I used to have a blog. I actually, I just, by 10 years ago, I used to blog, but I noticed I like to talk instead of write. <laughs> I'm a talker. Cause see, I'm a writer. I will write. <laughs> I can sit and write all day long. No, I, I, mm-hmm. and, and it was good content because I lived in Ghana. My family's from Ghana, so I lived in Ghana for seven months. And so that's what I was doing the blog about. It was called my um, 30 on a Journey because I was mm-hmm. 30 years old. Mm-hmm. So that was the name of it. And then I started, um, I stopped after that. I came back. And then a few, a year or two later, I started my Lovely Lunatic Life blog but I wasn't consistent because I'm like I gotta write something now blah, blah, blah. but now the podcast since I love to talk I'm like I could do this all day so it's so much better for me well I think it is a discipline because I decided with the blog that I no matter what every two weeks I was going to put out an article and before I knew it two years had gone by I was like, oh my god <laughs> that's so, good so that's, that's been that's what I was doing with that and I, I I enjoy writing so that's I've always enjoyed writing I'm, I've been a writer here and there, like for internet mag- some internet magazines and stuff, but it wasn't my passion. I just was happy to be part of that magazine, mm-hmm. so I would write. And I think I can write pretty well, but, you know, except for the uh, grammar and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> except for the grammar. <laughs> but the idea of it is good, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want you to tell me a little bit more about what do you want your best life to look like when you in retirement? What would you like your best life to look like? I want my bank account stacked and living comfortable. <laughs> so what I know what I, I want to work on is saving. Mm-hmm. I want to work on saving money and um, 
work on my credit for sure. And I never, you know, I never really took credit seriously. My father was always like, he was always tough on credit. You need to do this. You know? But I was just like, I don't think I want a house growing up. I don't want to, you know, but then I'm like, think it's more than just having a house. It's a lot of things come with building credit, even relationships. Now people are going to not want to talk to you if your credit's not on par. Well, not only that, jobs, they yeah. check your credit, you know, they, that's, it's, it's become, it's a part of you. It's yeah. something that's a part of you. So you have to really, you know, work on making it the best that it can be. So that's what I want to work on. So would you say I would have to get one of those credit cards that come with a low minimum or? Well, you can do a couple of things. If you can't get a traditional credit card, what you would do now is get what they call a secured credit card. Mm -hmm. And what you do is you take your money, you, you put your money in that account and then you spend your money and you pay it back. So I say you pay $300 in the account. So you now have a $300 limit. So you spend a portion of it, then you pay it back that month. You you, you pay it back. You, oh, you so you just keep it yourself. Okay, okay. And then after you've done that for a while, and the credit card companies see that you're paying yourself back and you're doing it in a disciplined manner, that's when you can get a traditional credit card. Okay. So basically, when you're paying it back, it's just like you're reloading the card too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that. You're reloading the card basically. And, but the thing that's good about that, and I always advise people, if you get a secured credit card, if you start it with $300 and you do what you're supposed to do, when they give you a traditional card, you take that $300 and you save it. Mm. Oh, don't, true, don't use true. It, you know, don't say, oh, now I've got $300 I can spend. <laughs> that, See, that, look, that would have been you know, me. <laughs> that you put that money in your savings. You try to find ways to save. When you get your income tax, you put some money aside. Mm -hmm. You know, do everything else for... I always... My attitude is pay yourself first. Yeah. And by saving, that's what you're doing. You're paying yourself. Mm -hmm. So every that time an opportunity or money comes along, take care of yourself first. And I think I would use it just to be like, because I know myself, maybe for my Uber drivers or lifts. So yeah. yeah. Things like that, just to build up your Yeah, credit. that's what and I would do. Once you've done that, like some of them are six months and some of them are a little longer. And if you do that successfully, then you can get a traditional credit card. How long, okay, say if your credit was 500 or something like that, mm -hmm. and you consistent with trying to build your credit and work on it, does it, how many years, does it take years, like, Five years, four years? Well, the thing, I think the thing you need to do is you have to use the credit. Use your credit cards wisely. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the more wisely you use them, the faster your credit will grow. Your credit. And credit is like money. To me, having credit is yeah. savings <laughs> because you're, you, you get lower interest rates on everything. If you have bad credit, your interest rates on everything you try to do is much higher. Hot, yeah, I know. You know and <laughs> if you have good credit, then you're saving money. True, you know? that's true. So I look at good credit as, as a savings account, really. Don't they say, though, if you, you they don't want you to pay... I heard, I don't know how, if it's true, but you they don't want you to pay, like, as soon as you charge the card because it's not going to help your credit or something like that. Is that true? Um, no. Once it's you, the, as long as you pay it by the due dates, you're fine. You know, and some things they say, well, you know, you don't want to close a credit, like you don't want to open a credit account and then close it. You want to leave it open, even if you've paid it off, okay. because it shows that you you've paid something off. See, people think that oh, I'll open this account and then I'll close it. 
Cause, mm -hmm. But you don't want to close it. You want to leave it open so that people can see that you pay your bills. Right. And the key thing basically is paying on time, paying before it's due. And also with a traditional credit card, and they don't tell people this, you should never spend more than 30% of the amount that they give you. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Because it'll be harder for you to try to pay it back. Yeah, right? and that, <laughs> yeah, and it, you, it, show, it really shows up on your credit as a, as a mark against you if you spend more than the amount. So, it, so it's, to me, I think, and I think that's very unfair. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just because you just have to learn the tricks of the trade, basically. Yeah. yeah. Because you get a $5,000 credit card, you think you have $5,000, and you do, but if you spend it, then that ups, then it, it, you know, your credit. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. So and nobody tells you these things. You have to kind of learn them the hard way, you know? My first credit card, of course, I got it in college. I went to Bahamas with my friends. Mm -hmm. You know, I was every other day I was going to the ATM to take money out of the in Bahamas with a credit card. Mm -hmm. Man, when I tell you when I got home, I got that by the <laughs> statement. I was like, holy God. That was my first uh, wake up call. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, you have to use them wisely. <laughs> mm -hmm. And now what you want to do is you do want to get to the point that you want a uh, a traditional card because so many of the cards now have rewards programs. Yes. So they give you back. I think every year I get at least $200 because I, as the point, my credit is really good. It's in the 800s. Oh, wow. So I use my credit. But what, what I do is I charge everything. And again, that's a discipline thing. Yeah. You charge it, but you got to pay it. You mm -hmm. have to pay it if you don't charge more than what you can pay at the end of the period. That's and once right. you start doing something like that, so I, I usually accumulate a couple of hundred dollars a year just in the rewards, and then I just put it in the bank. I'm glad you mentioned that because when you asked me what, how do I want to improve my finances, I also want to be able to have free vacations because I use my credit card all the time. I hear that all the time with the rewards. And I'm like, oh, that's what I want to travel. Yeah, the business you need class. to get if that. If that's the case, then you're going to have to get to the point that you're really charging everything. Yeah. You're really charging. And then once you're charging everything, you have to be able to pay it okay. off at the end of the month. So how long if, okay, from the point of where I do a secure card to the point of where I get to be able to get like maybe... A hotel room for free with the card with the you know, points. I don't know because I've never used my credit cards. I oh. never do them for free. I do them for the money. I do them for the cash rewards, and then I can do what I want. Oh, okay, to okay. So I don't do the travel. <laughs> I don't do the free hotels. I don't do any of that stuff. Just give me the money. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> and I can do what I want. With right. It. And most times, the money that I get from my, I save it. And I tell people, when you get your, I, that's one thing in the class I taught, I just ask everybody, what did you do when you got your income tax this year? Hmm. Hmm. Ah, don't look at me, I haven't got my income tax in years <laughs> because of my student loans, okay? <laughs> but, you know, and, and you know that, well, and then of course, their family, so you buy stuff for your kids, you buy, you, you pay, catch up your bills, you do everything. I say, all of that's fine, but take something off the top yeah. right away yeah. and put it in your savings. That's true. And then if you get any kind of, people get lump sum, like for example, when my husband passed, uh, one of his cousins called me up and told me that he was in the, um, you know, they have those listings in the paper where the, the, the people have money in the bank they don't know about, mm -hmm. their savings accounts or whatever. Yeah, my his name was on that list. And so I followed up with it and it turned out that he had some account somewhere, it was, had about $900 in it. Wow. And I got that $900 and then you think, I don't have anything, if I didn't have this $900, I'd still be able to pay my bills. Right. 
So but you save it. Mm-hmm. You're so responsible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put it in your savings. Yeah. And like I said, you make a game out of it, and it's it's fun after a while because you're challenging yourself mm-hmm. to do what you need to do. Right. You know? Right. So it takes a lot of consistency, consistency. dedication. Uh, patience and patience. patience. Oh, that's another thing I don't have. <laughs> There's a lot wrong with me. You see this? Why this is why no, I can't save? <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> You'll figure it out. You just want you want to be you want to be able to make sure that when you get older that you can take care of. Yourself. Yeah, and that's you know, because what especially I want. people, even people with children now, your children are not going to be able to take care of you when you get older. You need to be able to figure mm-hmm. out how to take care of yourself. Yeah. That's true. So that's the biggest, the biggest thing for saving. And then I always wanted to be able to do what I want to do. When, when, and I've been fortunate in that even through my life with saving and everything else, I've managed to be, be I think it also depends on what your, you know, how material you are. You said you're not material. I think that's great <laughs> because that's, you know, that gets a lot of people in trouble. I always think yes. about that. The more, they say, the more rocks you carry up the hill, you know, the heavier the, the load. But, yeah. you know, if you're not a materialistic person, that really helps a yeah. lot, Yeah, I, I don't want to even pay $50 for a bag, you know, like, or sneakers. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a cheapskate, okay? I like nice things, but I'll find the cheaper version of it. <laughs> I am definitely a discount shopper. I <laughs> shop at discount stores. I, don't, I buy everything on sale. Yeah, I try to. Everything that I buy is going to be on sale. My father told me that too because, you know, he always made good money, but he'd be the first one to go and shop somewhere for to get a less, you know, mm-hmm. like a, for a bargain, you know? Mm-hmm. And we used to make fun bargain of him, shopping. but he knew what he was doing. We wanted Nikes. We'd go to the Reebok um, in Secaucus, the Reebok um, outlets, outlet. You know what I mean? And we'd complain, but I, I understand now. He knew what he was doing. Because you can get almost everything that you want. At a, at a price that you want it when if you look if around, you look for it if right you look around and shop for it and That's especially true. if you don't have like people tickle me some of the one of the people one of the guys in the class that I was teaching once asked me if I was a millionaire and I was like <laughs> I am so far from a millionaire but I'm at the position where. When I want to do something you're now, comfortable. I can right I'm comfortable. That's it. You want to get to a point where you're comfortable. Yeah. To get to a point where you're comfortable, and that's that's really what's important. Mm-hmm. So, and I think about that. They always talk about the difference between being rich and wealthy. Wealthy to me is being able to do what you want to do when you want to do it, mm-hmm. at any cost, or it doesn't even have to be at any cost. Well, whatever it is, whatever. If it's something right. that you and you can that you can do it if it's something that you want to do when you want to do it. To me, that's being wealthy. That's not rich. You know, mm-hmm. rich is like having lots of money. I don't have lots of money, but I manage what. I do have right. well, and that's what you need. That's the thing that people need to learn is to manage what you have. That's true. Yeah, you hear that, folks? <laughs> manage what you have, and I'm taking that advice too. I like that. Yeah. Right now, it's not much to manage, but soon come. <laughs> so you soon start come. decide. I think you should just decide on an amount that you can save easily. That doesn't, you know, just start. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then put it in an account. I suggest in your case, you do something that you can't, you'll be penalized for if you really go in like a CD or something like that. So start with the, because they have some, some now, they didn't before, but now I've seen that they have some mm-hmm. that you can, you know, get that you, a year. And then after a year, you're not even thinking, hopefully, right. <laughs> you're not even thinking <laughs> right, about it, right. you know, you're just consistently saving. So that's the thing. That's the key. Yeah. Yep. Just be able to save what you can, when you can. 
and not be be not a, and it not be a strain. Yeah. Be a strain on you. We have uh, uh, started a Facebook page. It's called Handling Your Business. Okay. And it's we talk about you know working on goals and ways to keep yourself going and just you know just getting people to just talk about the things that they want to get what they want to do and how they want to get there and mm -hmm. practicing good you know management you know either life man life management habits or your business or whatever so it's just okay. basically about trying to reach your goals okay and that's on facebook it's already it's open for the public right? your business okay that's good to know so they got a lot, a lot of gems today on this podcast, and you can also find some more gems on Facebook, Handling Your Business. And um, I'm so happy you came on, Miss Brenda. And don't forget the blog, which oh, is yes. literallybusiness.blog. Literally. Oh, I missed the Y. Literallybusiness.blog. And then when, we, when I change over to the website, we've actually changed it to literallybusiness.life. Mm, okay. So that's that's going to be the new the new um, website. And again, this is the first time that she's been on a radio show, so I feel so honored. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate and it. I asked, I appreciate your patience with me. Oh, you were excellent. You were excellent. So guys, this is it for this episode of my lovely Lunatic Leo Life podcast. Again, welcome Miss Brenda Hargrove. And um, we will see you again next week, guys. Take care. <laughs>